What's going on, everyone? This is Drew Code Sports Talk, and I am your host, Andrew Wright. And over in his bedroom is my co-host, Cody Johnson. Cody? Hey, everybody. What is going on? Hope you guys are enjoying your evening, your morning, your afternoon, whatever time you're listening to this. So please enjoy. It's a good episode and a lot of uh, information and fun-packed stuff. So let's go. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for joining us. We always appreciate it. Um, you know, I was uh, just talking Cody's ear off about uh, about life, and uh, you know, he looks like he's already bored. Um, <laughs> so, hopefully, this episode goes a little quick. Sorry, Cody, uh, but how are you doing, man? I'm doing good. By the way, I wasn't bored. We were talking about our <laughs> our kids is um, online learning. And for all any parents that are doing this right now, the look I gave Drew is uh, like a PTSD look where you understand <laughs> the trauma that he's going through and you're remembering the trauma. And so that was the look I gave him. It was not boredom because believe me, he's gone through a lot. And so we feel everyone's pain out there. But for the most part, I'm doing well. Thank you, Drew. How's it going over there <laughs> in your neck of the woods? <laughs> It's going all right. Uh, but yeah, like you said, we've been dealing with some stuff here at home and uh, craziness, but we got it all sorted out. So, you know, uh, no reason to cry over spilled milk, huh? Yeah, no kidding. No milk That's the, to cry over, so we're good. That was an okay boomer moment. Anyway, <laughs> uh, before we get uh, everything started, uh, we just want to say go check us out on uh, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, which is at Drew Code Sports Talk. And uh, also check out our YouTube, subscribe on our YouTube page. Uh, also go check out our Two Bays and a Pod podcast um, as well. We're strictly on Instagram on that one, so go follow us on that. Um, and uh, go to all the major uh, podcast centers, uh, subscribe, rate, and review. Anything and everything does help. Uh, the major podcasts being uh, Apple, Google, iHeart and uh, Spotify, please go check all of those out. Uh, and also go check out fnxfitness.com. Uh, we are, um, we can get you 15% off of all your purchases. They got great workout gear, great workout uh, supplements. So uh, go check it out. And Cody will actually explain to you how to get those, uh, how to get that 15% off. Excuse me. That's right, guys. Go to DrewCodeSportsTalk.com on the bottom of the homepage, and our partners link is where you'll find the FNX Fit link that Drew mentioned. You want to click on that, and then when you guys are doing your browsing, shopping for your supplements and workout gear, you can use Drew Code 15 to get 15% off your purchase when you guys are checking out. And they've got some really good end-of-summer deals going on right now, and they're about to come out with a winter collection, so stay tuned for that. And also on the website, you guys, there's live links to all the podcast platforms that Drew had mentioned that you can listen to us on and subscribe on. Or you can listen to full episodes on the website too, DrewCodeSportsTalk.com. Um, you can also listen to Two Bays in a Pod uh, on there as well. And you can also read um, Andrew's new blog that's called One Giant Step, and he will tell you what it's all about. Uh, yeah, One Giant Step is a uh, blog just specifically about the San Francisco Giants. Um, it's uh, going to be mainly opinion from me, um, but uh, also there's going to be a lot of facts in there as well, specifically from like stats and whatnot. So, uh, yeah, you know, it's it's a fun thing for me. It's just kind of an outlet to uh, get me to, um, you know, be able to talk about Giants baseball. Um, you know, as I've said, you know, Cody 
isn't always the most enthusiastic when it comes to baseball. <laughs> um, my wife is a Dodger fan. And uh, the guy I used to talk to about uh, Giants baseball, my friend Brad, he, you know, I'm not working with him right now. So, uh, you know, I can only text him and sometimes he can't get to me right away. So, you know, this is another outlet I, that I have. So <laughs> it's a real easy read. It's like three paragraphs long. I don't go, I try not to go over that. So it's an easy read. It's a fun read. It's a weekly uh, thing that comes out. Uh, I try and post it on Mondays. It's not a specific time, so don't hold me to that, uh, but it will be out every Monday. Right on, man. Sounds good. Well, you ready to get into some, some more sports? I'm ready. I am ready, Freddy. All right, man. Kick us off. All right. Well, uh, I am a little distracted, so I'm sorry that I was kind of fumbling over my words. I'm watching the uh, Rockets-Thunder game, um, and uh, it's... Uh, well, it looks like it's going to be the Rockets. There's a uh, 1.6 seconds left, and uh, it looks like the Rockets are going to win this. Uh, they're up 103-102, and um, that looks like so. It's going to be the Rockets versus the Lakers in the second round, and that'll begin on Friday. So, I am really looking forward to this series because. Watching this series, I'm not scared of either team if I'm the Lakers. And mm -hmm. to be perfectly honest, I know a lot of people are like, ooh, the Rockets, you know, they could win it. And yes, the Rockets will win games against the Lakers. You know, I think the Lakers will win in six, to be honest. I don't think it'll be a game seven type thing. But here's the thing. James Harden looked like absolute dog crap um, in this series. He did not look good. Uh, the first few games, he looked he like his normal self. But these last two games, when they needed him the most, he hasn't looked good. And actually, in this game seven, he's only scored 17 points. He's one for nine wow. from the three line. So, I, 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 he's going to shoot no matter what. I mean, he's going to try and get his points no matter what. And my philosophy has has shifted um you know the last couple of years i've really thought just take away the three just take away the three mm -hmm. the people you're okay with taking threes on that team is going to be um russell westbrook mm -hmm. you're going to be fine with russell westbrook taking as many threes as he wants um you know honestly i'm okay if they get the easy buckets inside honestly mm -hmm. i really am and I'm not even worried about the inside, to be perfectly honest, because if we have Dwight Howard there, uh, mm -hmm. you get Dwight Howard who, uh, you know, he could kind of commit a little bit. Um, you can have him block the paint. You're just going to have to move your defense around a lot. Um, but it is doable. Anthony Davis is another one. And JaVale McGee is another one. So, mm -hmm. you know, this is a team that I think we match up really well with. Now, you're not going to slow Westbrook down when he when he goes from half court and he just charges right to the hoop. I mean, <laughs> Westbrook is a different kind of beast, and that's okay. Mm -hmm. You know what? I'm okay with giving up the twos. Specifically, you would want him to take threes or jump shots, but, you know, again, Westbrook is a beast. He's a guy who's going to be able to um, – he's going to be able to get his uh, uh, layups every now and then or dunks, whatever. Uh, James Harden, kind of the same way. 
But I would rather give James Harden, you know, those jump shots again, uh, let him go inside a little bit and make him when they're marching down the field. Let's say they are on a fast break. I'd much rather them think, well, I've been getting these easy buckets inside. I'm just going to go over for this layup. I'd rather them have that thought than them stopping and shooting a three. Because Harden, he's not always going to shoot one for nine at three. He's not going to do that. I mean, you're you're not bank on that. Mm -hmm. But here's the thing. I've been thinking about this. Who would I want on Harden? And I really think I want Danny Green on Harden. And here's why. I know a lot of people are not happy with Danny Green, but mainly for his shooting. Mm -hmm. His defense, when we needed him on defense the most, especially against the Blazers, he was on Lillard and he was on McCollum a lot. Mm -hmm. And what did he do? We saw the the three block sequence, one by Anthony Davis or one by Danny Green on Lillard. Mm-hmm. Then Anthony Davis blocked him, and then Danny Green blocked him again. Danny Green was there the whole time. Mm-hmm. He was there. Danny Green is a guy that you would much rather have his defense than his offense. Yes, his offense would help, but you know what? It hasn't been working. He hasn't been draining all the shots. He's still going to see his three, his fair share of threes, but. Danny Green, we need him as a defender. And I think you put Danny Green on James Harden, you can at least irritate him. Danny Mm -hmm. Green is a guy that you can trust the whole length of the court. He's a guy who can block shots. He's a guy who can steal the ball. But mainly, and what you want, especially against James Harden, is he can stay in front of him. Mm -hmm. That's the key. You're not giving him easy looks to the hoop. You're not giving him an easy look for three. Mm -hmm. You're going to be right in front of him. So um, that's who I want. And then I would would probably put KCP on uh, Westbrook. And Mm -hmm. the reason I would put him on Westbrook is KCP is a guy who um, doesn't shy away from defending. um, But I think he is the kind of guy who Westbrook cannot get in his head. Mm-hmm. And I think KCP can pretty much hold his own. Yeah. Um, and then also you could put J.R. Smith because that would be kind of fun. Yeah, it would be a little <laughs> funny. Um, so I, I think, I mean, for the most part, I really think that the Lakers match up with the Rockets well, uh, really well. Mm-hmm. Uh, just an update, though. It is 1.1 second. Rockets are up by two. And the Thunder just called the timeout. Okay, I made that really anticlimactic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Watch, they're gonna a, hit they're gonna hit a full court shot and it's gonna be the thunder and we're gonna have to redo basically this whole topic of <laughs> instead of the rockets now the thunder watch yeah well i mean let, let's talk about that i mean the thunder i mean who the only person i'm really scared of who could possibly hurt us real i mean obviously chris paul we know that mm-hmm. but shea gilgis alexander he's kind of a guy yes but i think we could muscle him uh, and, and kind of make him a little scared to shoot. Steven Adams is a rebounding beast. Yeah. And so um, we would have to get, because when we, when the Lakers won their games against the Blazers, they really were aggressive on the boards and that was the key. Um, so that's kind of what, um, that's kind of what um, the, the Lakers are going to have to do. So that can get exhausting. That really can, um, but uh, for the most part, I think no matter what, the Lakers match up well with these teams. Uh, if we go against the Thunder, I would be bullish enough to say the Lakers would win in five. Mm-hmm. 
But um, and I know a lot of people are like OKC is a really good team. They are a really good team, but um, I don't think they have the players who can really match up to um, to the, the Lakers. Lakers. Yeah. Honestly, Gallinari, you could put Kuzma on him and feel great about that. You mm-hmm. know, you could put Anthony Davis on him and feel really good about that. Yeah. Um. So, and, and you know, if we really need to stop leading the game, you can put LeBron James on Chris Paul. Chris Paul is not a guy who can get a lot of separation. Chris Paul is a guy who uh, is a fantastic passer, so you kind of have to play the pass a lot. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I feel good about Danny Green on Chris Paul. I feel good about KCP on Chris Paul. I feel good about J.R. Smith on, on Chris Paul, to be honest. Um, you know, obviously, Chris, again, Chris Paul is going to get his shots, just like Westbrook and Harden. But, um, you know, to kind of slow him down, maybe not get drop 40 on mm-hmm. us the whole time. Yeah. I would feel good about any of those guys. So um, it's interesting. So apparently there was a foul called and now Gallinari is shooting a free throw. Okay. This is, interesting. I don't know how many free throws he's shooting. Cause I have the game on mute right now, but dude, this is, Oh, he missed it. Oh, oh. my God. Oh, okay. But uh, I guess the Thunder still get the ball back, man. That changes everything. Anyway, that's interesting. <laughs> so, Cody, I mean, what do you? Th- how do you feel about these uh, about these matchups here? So, I'll start with the Thunder, just in case they lose, and I don't have to really talk about it too much. But I feel like the Lakers would match up really well with the Thunder as well. Honestly, with the AD and LeBron combo, the Thunder won't have anything defensively that's going to match up to it. Even if you want to put Stephen Adams to plug up the middle, we can easily put in a Javale McGee or Dwight Howard to kind of pull him away from the paint because either one of those guys can be not offensive danger, uh, you know, in sense of like that we're going to go to them first. But LeBron has been known to go, do a really good pick and roll combination with either one of Dwight Howard or JaVale McGee, which would basically make Steven Adams have to honor that. So he couldn't just isolate on James to, pen- to stop the penetration in the middle. But another thing, too, though, is, you know, Chris Paul, even though he's older, he's still so cerebral that you like, in my opinion, it doesn't matter what defender that we put on Chris Paul, he will still find a way to get his teammates involved and, yeah. get, and put up points. My concern would be the guard combination between uh, Gillis uh, Alexander and also Schroeder, just because they're both very shifty yeah. guards that um, can handle the ball. Schroeder, maybe not a great three point shooter, but he can definitely get into the mid range game. And Alexander is basically just a Swiss army knife that could, pull up he can put it on the floor he can drive through the lane and combo guards for some reason for the lakers have always been our achilles heel for some reason our defense is solid when it's like a set piece and half court but once you once okc gets their guards going and open floor and you know they methodically pass the ball especially with chris paul leading the way you know for some reason lakers have a really hard time stopping some guard play so that would be my only concern but i think we can get them in five Six best case scenario for Oklahoma City Thunder. Um, you know, I think I feel like either way, Oklahoma City would be done. Even if they went on to the first round, they'd be done for sure when they got get to the Lakers. I will say though that I am more concerned with the Rockets than I am the Thunder because I feel like with the Lakers being so big, that the small ball of the Thunder would give us a little bit more, a little bit more, uh, you know, headaches than than people think because when we played the Rockets um they're basically their first game that they did the small ball this is essentially when they started um what's his name what's his name again um PJ Tucker at center 
And basically Mm. their tallest guy was um, Covington. And basically they beat us by 10 because they were penetrating, kicking out, and they were hitting the three-point shots. They were getting to the line. Um, You know, they were able to basically open us up defensively to where they can penetrate. And then our defense was slow to rotate to chase them off the three-point line. So that's what I get concerned with because Harden is a cerebral ball handler and he's got to get his and he can knock, he can either give you 30 or 60. You just don't know. But when he's on, he's on Um, Westbrook, how aggressive he is. I feel like kind of cancels that out because, you know, for example, the game right now between the Rockets and the Thunder that probably just ended. Yeah. um, the Rockets won 104-102. Okay. So in that game, from what I'm seeing in the stats, is out of 12 turnovers that the Rockets had, Westbrook and Harden accounted for nine of those. <laughs> and Westbrook had more turnovers. And, he's, and we, this is nothing new. We know, we know that Westbrook mm-hmm. is a prone turnover machine. So it's nothing new. So that's why I feel like um, Westbrook's offense will kind of cancel out Harden's offense because – for every, let's say, 30 points that Harden gives you, um, you know, Westbrook has an opportunity to turn the ball over nearly 10 times to kind of give those second-chance points back or the points off a turnover for the Lakers. And they will capitalize on that, and they showed that against the Blazers. So I think that's why we have the advantage. I will say, though, what I would do if I was the Lakers defensively is I would make Westbrook beat us. And he's been proven he <laughs> can't do it on his own. I would turn Harden into, like, Damian Lillard like what we did in the Blazers and not when he got injured but you know when he was after game one and partial game uh, part part of game two the Lakers really did a good job in a combination uh, of guards with KCP and Danny Green basically checking him up full court on rotation that one guy would pick him up and basically make him get the ball out of his hands and even if the Lakers were going to give up a mid-range shot they chased him off the three-point line at least which I think is what we need to do to Harden to turn him into a passer then you let Westbrook kind of beat you, beat the team. My concern yeah. with that, though, is Westbrook is so good about delivering the ball where it needs to go. Even though he's a turnover machine, he still is a good passer and he's a rebounder. So that can disturb us offensively where we're trying to get a defensive board and he pokes it away and the second chance points. That would be my only concern for the Lakers because sometimes on the defensive rebound side, we get lazy when it comes to Harden or AD or or JaVale McGee, or especially if we go small where we basically have 80 at five and Kuzma at four, our defensive rebound gets really lackadaisical where literally small guards can kind of just, without being boxed out, can pick up the rebound and get second chance points, which which has always been the Lakers' problem when it comes to defense. They're great, but when it comes to second chance points, they can never secure the defensive rebound um, in pivotal moments. So, And that's a, a couple of reasons why the Clippers even beat us earlier in the season with their depth and also when they would have, for example, um, uh, Patrick Beverly basically just making a disturbance, basically, he would create disruption to create second chance points. And that's always been, uh, you know, weakness for the Lakers the whole season. So I, yeah. I still like our chances for the Lakers because, again, we got the height. But I believe what makes it difficult is the Rockets can shot and they're fast. So, you know, 80 is essentially the only big man that we have that has – probably as quick a feat that can make up the defensive, um, you know, size advantage. But like, like if we have JaVale McGee or Dwight Howard, it makes it very tough because, you know, they're not very, they're not very fast. The, even though Dwight Howard's a former defensive uh, player of the year, you know, if you take him out on the perimeter, you can probably beat him off the dribble. And what that ends up doing is collapsing the defense when he loses off the dribble. And then it opens up that pass that the Rockets, um, Rockets love to have 
to give an open three-point shot. So that's my concern with the Lakers because I, I'm, I fear that the small ball will, will be tougher for the Lakers to beat because of how tall we are in the interior. So that would be my only concern. But for the most part, I, I would still agree with you, though. I would see the series going six games. I don't see it going seven. I would see that the, that the Lakers would find a way to maybe even put LeBron on Harden and kind of body him a little bit and let and and maybe KCP and Danny Green be more of the switching combination on Westbrook so that way Westbrook can't get his offensive going and LeBron just shuts down Harden or vice versa. So I feel like I feel like if LeBron isn't really the offensive focal point, he'll definitely make his presence felt on defense and he'll also get everyone involved which he normally does, which is great. Uh, because our last game that we had with the Rockets where they beat us using small ball is LeBron was more of a facilitator and he really wasn't on the offensive attack. So if we can get AD and LeBron to basically be all around like they were to close out the Blazers, you know, the Rockets couldn't touch us. So we could probably very easily sweep them if we just, you know, stick to our defensive plan and have our two best guys running that offense and even getting some supporting casting from, you know, Green or Kuzma or um, KCP, which we had in the Blazers, or even if um, – even if uh, Dion Waiters now gets more involved or J.R. Smith, now that we have shooters, really kind of get some, some offensive firepower going with the bench um, for sure. So I like our chances with the Rockets. They just make me a little nervous because of how small ball they can play and how that opens us up defensively. Yeah, and I'm not completely naive to the Rockets being – like I said, I, I believe that they're the better team. Uh, I think they're a better – I, I should say better talent than Oklahoma City. I think team-wise, the Thunder have proven they're a better team. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, uh, when you have two of the, you know, top ten guys in the NBA, uh, that's hard to beat, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I get you with um, – sorry, I have alarms going on. <laughs> <laughs> but um, – I, you know, I get what you're saying. You know, obviously the Rockets are a scarier team for the Lakers. Um, but, you know, the issue I have is is Jeff Green. He's been playing lights out. Um, and, you know, the reason he's not a bigger name is because he hasn't done this consistently. So, I mean, hey, who knows? Maybe, uh, maybe he... Maybe he doesn't shoot like he had been shooting against Oklahoma City, which would help us a, a whole lot. Yeah. Um, but I, I agree with you. I think if if the Lakers want to win this game, they're going to make Westbrook beat them because Westbrook has proven time and time again that he cannot get it done in the postseason. I love Westbrook. I, I, I really don't want to go on here hating on, on Russell Westbrook because he just plays – so hard. I mean, he's the kind of guy that you want on your team all the time. You want that kind of guy to to be um, uh, to be on your team. Like if you're a head coach, or even if you're a parent, you just want your kid <laughs> to play like he, you know, yeah. like he does. So I love Westbrook. I mean, he. If I were ever to coach again, maybe you know, bigger kids or whatnot, I would definitely, definitely show video of Russell Westbrook. Yeah. Because that's just who I want, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I agree. Westbrook is not a guy who can hit a ton of threes. Um, you know, um, 
he's he's not what he used to be when he was at Oklahoma City, and I think the last couple of years that's how it's been. You know, mm-hmm. I think we noticed that um, he's been kind of kind of out of it, and then he's coming off this injury. And to be honest, he hadn't looked good. I mean, he scored twenty points today. He went nine for twenty on yeah. the field, and Harden went four for fifteen, and and the Rockets still won. So, I mean, take it what you will, but uh, mm-hmm. you know, I I feel. I feel really good with the Lakers matching up with them, but yeah, they're, they're a scary team for sure. Yeah, I agree. All right. All right, Cody. Well, let's take a break real quick. And then when we come back, we can talk about giants baseball. So in my one giant step column, if you haven't read it, go read it. It's at drewcodesportstalk.com. It's under one giant step. And I was talking about the trade deadline <clears throat> and I have been hearing rumors that the Giants had been trying to go after Jackie Bradley Jr., uh, the outfielder uh, from the Boston Red Sox. And um, he's a really good glove. Um, He's not going to kill it with the bat. I mean, he's got some power. Uh, He can hit for average sometimes, but, I mean, he's probably going to be more uh, a guy who's going to hit, you know, 250, 260. Mm Mm-hmm. So he's not going to help in that department, but defensively he would help. And I wrote on my blog that um, it would help getting Dickerson out of the outfield because Dickerson kills the living daylights out of me in outfield. He is just, he looks like he's lost every single time. There was a couple of years ago where Brandon Belt was playing outfield for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And every ball that was hit to belt, he just did not look confident. And I was like, my God, <laughs> he's going to error so many times. We have to get him out of there. Um, so, uh, you know, that's kind of what Dickerson looks like to me. And so he's he's a really good power bat. Now, he hasn't been hitting that all that well this year. Mm-hmm. But uh, And then, you know, he went off yesterday and hit three home runs in one game. Uh, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. But um, I wrote that I would have liked to have seen the Giants go after J.D. Martinez. Now, mm. again, yes, Dickerson is a power hitter, but Dickerson has never been a guy who can hit for average. J.D. Martinez can't. He's a lifetime 292 hitter. So that's a guy who can really help out not only with power, but he can also help with getting guys on base um, and or helping – get guys home that are on base. And so that's kind of what I was looking at. I would have loved to have seen uh, them go after J.D. Martinez. But if you go, and he was kind of a sell low Mm because he hasn't had that great of a year. Um, So I was really pushing for the Giants to go after J.D. Martinez. Obviously, uh, you know, as we're recording this Wednesday, uh, the trade deadline was Monday. Uh, Obviously, the Giants did not do that. But they kept the same team. Now, offensively, we weren't in dire need. But there were a lot of games that I had been seeing where we'll have like three runs but have like eight or nine hits. And it's not that's not good enough. That means you got nine guys on base and only three of them home. You know, that's you want better. You want better statistics than that, you know. Mm -hmm. You want more runs in. And so I that's what I would have wanted. Obviously, we needed to shore up our bullpen. Uh, I mean, we essentially for me, I'm ready to just haul everybody and restart. Um, yeah. 
we got rid of Derek and uh, Derek, excuse me, Derek Rodriguez, who um, I liked in the beginning when he first came, um, but after that, he had just he hasn't been the same. I mean, he's a guy who's getting an ERA over five. I mean, mm-hmm. as a relief pitcher, that's even worse than a than a starting pitcher. So, right. um, you know, for me. Uh, that was a good. That was a good move. Uh, we got Anthony Banda from the Tampa Bay Rays uh, for cash consideration. How much is he going to help? Uh, he'll help a little bit. Um, you know, it's better than having Derek Rodriguez. To be perfectly honest, um, you know, and like I said, I liked Rodriguez, but he just wasn't getting it done. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, we got rid of Sean Anderson. I mean, he's he was uh, sent to the alternate site, but he's just, his command has been just God awful. And um, basically our bullpen just needed to be shore up. And really we only did a little bit. And we, we went out on Tuesday, won 23 to five against the Rockies, which was fantastic. Mm -hmm. I mean, all the bats were working. It was the first time that uh, three players had had uh, six RBIs in the same game. So Alex Dickerson, he had three home runs and um, let me get the, let me get the numbers. Sorry about this. So Dickerson, he had three home runs, six RBIs. Then uh, Crawford, he had six RBIs and he also had one home run. (laughs) Um, And then uh, Solano, he was the other guy who had six RBIs. So three guys had six RBIs. That's 18 runs. And that means we scored even more. I mean, just having three guys getting six RBIs is ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Um, And then to score more is just fantastic. So we're feeling good. And then today we went to the Rockies. We started off being up four, nothing and had a pretty, had pretty much the lead up until the uh, bottom of the seventh. And, Gave up five runs, and Coonrod is the one who is the loser uh, in this game, and he's a guy who just has a fastball. His other pitches are not great, and it kills me. Mm-hmm. It absolutely because they're going to keep throwing him out there because he can hit triple digits. Tyler Rogers is another one who just – they want him to be the closer – because he's a submariner and it's it's really cool looking. Yeah, he was really cool looking back in 2015. 2015. It's not cool anymore mm-hmm. and it doesn't work. That's why a ton of pictures stopped being signed who were submariners because it didn't work. Mm-hmm. Um so I, I don't know. I I the, the Giants, I know they're they're going to try and make a playoff push and and their starting pitching is okay. Their lineup has been hitting really well, but I'm concerned that I think they didn't make the moves that they could have because I feel like they're still trying to develop their other guys, which, I mean, I don't think is a big secret. But um, I I think if you're a Giants fan and you're thinking, hey, you're going to go to the playoffs, I think you need to hold back your excitement. Mm -hmm. And I would wait and see how the Arizona Diamondbacks series goes. Because if they split that, I'm not sure they can do it. Yeah, you know, and to, and what I'm looking at right now is there's about, what, 22 games left in the season, if I'm looking at this right, um, before yeah. we hit our 60-day cap. And looking at it right now, we wouldn't even be in the second wild card in the NL right now. 
Um, you know, obviously the NL is still a strong, um, strong league. So it's not like it's a, it's a cakewalk, but I mean, we still have, we would have to catch the Phillies. We'd have to catch the Rockies. We'd have to unfortunately catch the Cardinals, even though that they didn't play any games cause they had to be on quarantine. But yeah, you know, I, I agree with you. I don't know how much our pitching can do. And if they didn't make any, even if they didn't make any moves for hitters, because the hitters right now, I mean, we've got four guys right now that are basically averaging um, right about 290 uh, to about 300, which is great. But for the most part, we don't have anybody that's throwing less than a four ERA with quality starts or any quality innings. And that's not very good considering, you know, the Giants literally have to score 23 runs just to have some security, you know what yeah. I mean? And, uh, you know, so the bats are there. It's just, we need our, we need some bullpen. We need some starting pitching. Um, I think that the giants are probably just riding the wave right now. We're going to end up probably at best, maybe at 500 when all said and done and on the outside looking in. And I think we're going to, you know, probably just draft and then go through prospecting, but I don't, I still don't see the giants making the playoffs. Unfortunately, um, even if we added a bat, um, probably if we really were serious about making some sort of a run, we should have probably, you know, traded for a quality starter. Yeah. Um, but obviously, of course, we didn't do that. So, you know, I, I feel like that we're, we're going to play the, uh, you know, the 500 ball where we're going to just hopefully ending, end on 30 or 30 or if we can get above 500, great. But, you know, the Dodgers are really red hot right now. I mean – they only have lost 10 games all season and it's going to be hard to even come close to that. You got the Cubs that are playing out of their mind right now. Uh, we still have the defending champs we'd have to worry about. So, mm-hmm. you know, the giants are really playing a lot better than what we had thought. And especially what your yeah. um, projections were, which oh, of very, course you had to bring it up. Okay, I mean, what'd you say? 15 wins. Is that right? First I said, I'd be surprised they win 20 games and then, after watching the Dodgers series, um, the way they lost the first two games, mm-hmm. uh, I was like, I'd be surprised they win 15. Yeah. Uh, but then, you know, their bullpen, you know, has somewhat been better than those two games. Yeah. But what drives me up a wall is they keep throwing out Tyler Rogers and Rogers is not difficult to read. At first, if you see his submarine, you're kind of like, uh, you're a little thrown off. Mm-hmm. I'll give you that. But this is why Rogers only works for like three batters. Mm-hmm. And if it's if he goes past that, it is a crapshoot. I mean, because now guys have seen him for three straight batters. They know what he throws. They know what he's going to, what he wants to do, how his arm angle is, how the ball moves. They already know it. It's it's that easy. And it's not like he's throwing gas. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's only throwing like an average. I mean, his highest fastball, I think, is an 85-mile-an-hour fastball. I mean, you relay that with Coonrod that we have on our, on our team. He can hit 100 miles an hour on his fastball. So, and at a normal arm angle. So, I mean, you compare that. I mean, Rodgers... He's not that difficult to to figure out. Uh, Trevor got. I just don't want to see him anymore. Like it's just, <laughs> it's terrible. Yeah. Um. 
honestly, I'm getting there with Coonrod too. I mean, he's still kind of young, so I mean, I'll, I'll give him his his uh, chances. But I've seen this already for two straight years now with him. Is he looks really good in one outing, and then they call upon him again, and he just is a gasoline on fire. I mean, he's just not good. Um. I did want to mention some of the other bullpen pictures that I've actually been kind of happy with. Uh, Caleb Barager, or Berger, he's been pretty decent. Uh, Jarlene Garcia, I like him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wandy Peralta, I could do without, like, now. Um, <laughs> Sam Selman has been meh. I love Tony Watson. I think he should be the closer. He lost the closing position, I believe, in the actual spring training uh, that started in March. Mm -hmm. I believe at the start of it, he was supposed to be the closer um, and he was kind of struggling. And so they took him off of it. Uh, I'd like to see him back there. He's, he's a guy who's, he's 35 years old. He's been around the league for a while. He's not going to wow you with speed. He's not going to wow you with a ton of stuff, but what he can do is he knows how to strike out guys. He knows how to get ground balls. And right now the giants just need guys who are smart up there because we don't need Sam Coonrod to go up there and throw fastballs eight straight times. Like it, it, it doesn't work. That's not how you win games. That's not how you fool picture or hitters. Just try straight gas the whole time. It just doesn't work. And Randy Johnson didn't make a living just because he was throwing fastballs the whole time. He had a slider. He had a curveball. He had a changeup. He had a fastball, and they all worked really well together. And that's the that's how you have to become uh, to become a, a MLB pitcher, a successful MLB pitcher, whether it be relief, starting, whatever. You have to have some sort of combination. And the Giants, they throw out Trevor Gott, who doesn't have those combinations. They, he throws out um, uh, Tyler Rogers. He doesn't have a ton of combinations. He's got like a fastball and a changeup, and they look this freaking same. You know, mm-hmm. it, One is barely slower than the other. It's, it's really not that hard. So for me, um, you know, as much as I want to say, I, I, you know, I think with the way that the Giants have been hitting, I think they are going to continue winning games. But I think they're going to continue to be a. I think they're going to be below five hundred. Mm-hmm. Uh, but from what I'm seeing, maybe not by much. But um, I don't know. It doesn't look great. Yeah, I mean, we're still talking about the same stuff, and we're well over the halfway point right now to the shortened season anyways so i mean to be truthful i feel like that this season is a it was a very good one even though it was shortened i i fear though if we had a full 162 season that you know this would all go away by all-star week and we would then basically be in the crapper or what we would have done is we would have probably you know traded away more you know we would have traded away probably more assets to gain some prospects um for like anybody that's in a playoff run but I think for the most part, like this shows the future of the Giants and it's in a positive way. I just would like to see, you know, in terms of, you know, bringing up the prospects, even on even, you know, free agency or trades or however they're going to bring in some some vets even, um, you know, how this team is going to look moving forward, how much of a priority is the bullpen going to be in the offseason, you know, and I'm curious to see what they do in rotation when it comes to like who the closer is and the setup and 
you know, not falling in love with these guys that can throw 100 miles an hour, but have no con- have no command and have no second pitch to kind of, you know, get them out of trouble. So, you know, we'll we'll see how the rest of the season plays out. I mean, they're exceeding our expectations, but I mean, for the most part, we kind of already believed that they weren't going to be a playoff team. But any progress right now is better than nothing. So, yeah. All right, Cody. Well. NFL is rapidly approaching. I have been mock drafting it like absolutely crazy. No, I've only done like two mock drafts. But anyway, <laughs> um, I have been getting excited, um, you know, kind of looking forward to, uh, well, hopefully uh, we have a whole season. I mean, mm-hmm. we don't know. But let's talk Raiders football. Um, some rough news. For the Raiders, Tyrell Williams uh, was placed on season-ending IR. Um, a lot of people thought this move was going to be made, but a little bit later. So that way he could come back week eight. With him doing the season-ending IR now, that means his season is absolutely done for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, good news for the really young receiving core because mm-hmm. now they get their snaps. But, I mean, what is this news mean for the Raiders? I think this means that the Raiders are probably going to use Nelson Aguilar and Zay Jones a little bit more. Um, I feel like that uh, Hunter Winfro will obviously see a lot of increased uh, looks as well. Um, But I'm also really encouraged though, because I feel like Ruggs is going to be the ultimate number one receiver option. Even though he's a rookie, I feel like he's going to be almost like an Amari Cooper type or, you know, any number one receiver that we had, like Crabtree when we had him. Um, I feel like Ruggs, because of his speed, his athleticism, he's going to be essentially the Raiders' number one offensive weapon on the receiving part of it, along with, of course, getting Jacobs involved in the passing to open up the play action because we know that John Gruden loves that. Um, But, I mean, for the most part, we still have a lot of weapons that are going to be complementary. We have a great offensive line that's going to protect Carr. Um, You know, Darren Wallen is is still probably, you know, arguably top five, top ten tight end in the league. Um, you know, I feel like Hunter Winfro, because of the season that he had, he's going to grow along with Carr to where he's going to be a great, like, um, safety blanket for Carr. Um, I'm really excited for this offense, but I feel like that thankfully we've got enough, enough depth at our receiving positions with not only drafting Edwards and Ruggs, um, also having, you know, Zay Jones that we traded for from Buffalo last season, also signing Nelson Aguilar, who, you know, even though he's got questionable hands when he was with Philadelphia, he is definitely a he's definitely a pit bull in terms of like, you know, running his routes and being a productive receiver. He may not be a number one, but, you know, if if the right opportunity and the right matchup calls upon, you know, Nelson Aguilar can make some plays down the stretch to, you know, keep the offensive rolling. And I I think fortunately we've got enough offensive weapons and we have a good enough offensive line that we can kind of we can, we're okay with the Terrell Williams loss. And I think that's why the Raiders felt comfortable putting him on a season ending IR just because of the weapons that we do have and the way that the offense is structured. So that's what I, that's what I make of the, uh, the move this, uh, that the Raiders did. Um, I agree. I think, I think the depth at receiver helps it make it a lot easier uh, for this team to make that move. Uh, there's been a lot of talk out of camp about Brian Edwards. I mean, this guy is a beast and he's essentially like a Tyrell Williams, except for, I would say minus the speed. I think Williams is a faster receiver than Edwards. Mm -hmm. Uh, But 
uh, he Edwards is a guy who is very strong. He, he reminds me a lot of uh, of like Des Bryant, where he's yeah. a he's a strong receiver. He's got good hands. He's big, uh, not necessarily not just strong, but he's got uh, his height as well. So it really helps him. So um, I think he and a lot of people have been raving about him. Mm-hmm. But another receiver that I was very curious of what the Raiders were going to do, and now I know they're going to keep him with this move was Zay Jones. Mm-hmm. Zay Jones is a guy who um, has been, um, has had a real connection with Derek Carr since he's gotten here. Um, and you can see it last year a little bit that Zay Jones was kind of, whenever he was in there, it, a lot of the times the ball went to him. Uh, and he didn't get a lot of snaps. This year, I think he will. Um, I think you're going to see Ruggs and probably Edwards both on the outside uh, receivers, maybe not Edwards. Maybe you'll see Jones. Who yep. knows? But um, Renfro will definitely be the slot guy. I'm sure they'll move Rugs around in the slot as well. Um, and then um, you're gonna see, like I said, you you'll see Zay Jones maybe in the slot every now and then, maybe on the outside. I, I they have some good depth, and then like you said, we have tight end galore mm-hmm. uh you know with with the darren waller with foster moreau with jason witten and and maybe daniel uh carrier so mm-hmm. uh, you know we might have we might be the first team with five tight ends going into this year but um you know the the raiders they look like a good offensive team the defense i am excited about i'm i'll have to see mm-hmm. what they look like but for the most part, um, you know, they signed theoretic, and I think the reason they signed him was because of the Tyrell Williams move. Um, and that way also you have that uh, Jalen Richard kind of backup thing because I think mm-hmm. Richard, Richard might actually be the return guy um, so is what too. I'm thinking. Yeah. Um, so I think, you know, after that, and they need kind of a, a, a pass-catching running back uh, when Richard is kind of, you know, being used a lot, mm-hmm. then uh, Riddick can come in. Or maybe Riddick will be used more uh, than Richard on the offense. I mean, who knows? I, I have no idea. But uh, this is an exciting team. It's unfortunate that Tyrell Williams is hurt. Um, I was kind of hoping to see how he would do this year because he came in, he came out hot for the Raiders, and then he yeah. got hurt, um, and it, and it hasn't been the same. So, yeah, no, I agree. I mean, I I think fortunately we've got a lot of quality offensive pieces that we're excited about. I'm curious to see how the Raiders are going to scheme and plan and get Carr, especially with yeah. the protection that they have. Arguably, I would almost say now that they have taken over the number one in terms of like offensive line um, on paper. You know, yeah. to where like you know I can see. I can see Carr having fewer sacks than in, in 2016 when he was having his MVP season. That's just how much better I think the offensive line has gotten. But, yeah. you know, I, I'm really curious to see, especially with a healthy Josh Jacobs, I feel like Theo Reddick is going to be more of the complementary piece to Jacobs in terms of, like, if Jacobs does have injury woes, they can rely on Theo Reddick because Theo Reddick, when he was in uh, Detroit, was a was a de- uh, was obviously a dual back where he'd carry and catch the ball out of the backfield, but also was pretty good about picking up the blitzes. And I feel like that that's what the Raiders are going to want, especially in passing down situations with Richard. They're going to want another running back that's smart when it comes to you know checking out the defense, seeing who's 
coming in for the blitz and picking it up. I feel like that that's what theoretic will also help out with along with what his abilities are. Um, but Zay Jones, though, I'm curious to see what he's going to do. I wouldn't be surprised if we treated Zay Jones like we did uh, Cordell Patterson when we had him, where he was kind of like a, an offensive weapon that's a returner. And every now and again, he was more of a decoy. But when he's open, we'd exploit the defense and get in the ball because he's fast. Yeah. And he, I think he's got underrated yeah. hands, but he just doesn't have – you know, he's always been on a team that has a lot of receivers and he doesn't get a lot of um, – you know, targets, but I feel like that the Raiders will find a way to kind of pass around this ball, especially with Carr completing 70 plus percent passing passes. And if you get him some more protection, he's going to deliver the ball to whoever's open. And so if you've Mm -hmm. got, if you've got hands and you can understand defensive schemes and sit in the zones or beat the defender on -on one-on-ones, then, you know, you're going to get the ball. And with all the talent that we have, even if you have rugs that can take the top off the defense, you have um, Jones or Winfrow or even Edwards, who can basically with a strong body just, you know, body in a catch and break away or get you some chunk yardage, you know. So I feel like this offense is going to be good. I'm just curious to see how they're going to put it all together come the season. So, All right. Well, that was good, man. We got we got Giants, we got Lakers, and then we got Raiders talking there, man. I'm, I'm really happy. So, uh, you know, I'm excited about uh, all the sports that have been going on right now and uh, – Good, good job by you, man, bringing your hot stuff today. Well, good thing it wasn't nuke warm, so it's good. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, go check out uh, Two Bays in a Pod, which will come out on Monday morning. And uh, also, like we said, you know, listen to us uh, where we always post these every uh, Thursday morning. So thank you guys for listening, and uh, we'll, uh, we'll catch you next week. Bye.